Hello, everyone. Welcome to Screen Scream. I'm Viola. In today's episode, we're going to talk about movies that are related to second chance. If you are given a second chance, would you make the same decision? The movies we're going to talk about today, whether they are drama or documentary, they all have this question hidden inside. So it's really good for us to ponder over this topic. Let's start the show with the introduction of the first new movie we're going to talk about today. Love Reset. Despite heavy opposition from family, Chong Yu and Nala succeed in getting married through the sheer power of love. But fast forward two years, and the two are leaving a courthouse after receiving a 30-day divorce settlement period, when a car accident causes them to lose both their memories. The amnesia-stricken couple quickly fall for each other again, and their family members devise an elaborate 30-day plan to recall their memories and complete the divorce. The first new movie we're going to talk about today is a Korean movie. I think it's very interesting, and most of the plots are exactly what I predicted, only a small portion that's different. So let's talk about it. It has been eight years since the protagonists cooperated with each other. This is their second time filming a film together. As we heard in the introduction, the stories about this couple regaining their freedom for thirty days, but their memory and their love disappear at the same time. When they first got married, they bumped into each other very dramatically. They fell in love, just like in movies, but they couldn't stand each other's characteristics after getting married, and that's the reason why they decide to divorce with each other. So I'm not sure whether their family members disagree with the marriage at the first place. But anyway, after they decided to get divorced, I'm pretty sure their family members are happy. However. Right after they walked out of the courthouse, they had a car accident. Wow, this is so soap opera, which causes them lose their memories. And now their family members have a new mission to avoid them to get married again. Okay, now let's talk about what I predicted and what I did not. When I read a brief introduction of this movie, I knew that they're going to fall in love again. I mean, who doesn't? This is so soap opera. I mean, a lot of Taiwanese people would criticize our soap opera at 8 p.m., but they watch Korean drama a lot. I mean, Korean series and movies are like this, exactly soap opera. But what I didn't expect is that I didn't think their family members would try to interfere. Their family members actually wanted them to divorce with each other, so I think that would be the most interesting part in this movie. I guess it's somehow a comedy. I can totally imagine what's going to happen, but if you really want to see the result, you should go to the movie theater to watch it. Now, our second new movie today is a documentary, so let's listen to the introduction first. Nuclear now. As fossil fuels cook the planet, the world is finally forced to confront a massive disinformation campaign about humanity's cleanest, safest, and fastest energy source, nuclear energy. Beneath our feet, uranium atoms in the Earth's crust 
hold incredibly concentrated energy. Science unlocked this energy in the mid-20th century, first for bombs and then to power submarines, and the United States led the effort to generate electricity from this new source. Yet in the mid-20th century, as societies began the transition to nuclear power and away from fossil fuels, a long-term PR campaign to scare the public began, funded in part by coal and oil interests. This campaign would sow fear about harmless low-level radiation and create confusion between nuclear weapons and nuclear power. With unprecedented access to the nuclear industry in France, Russia, and the United States, Director Oliver Stone explores the possibility for the global community to overcome the challenges of climate change and energy poverty to reach a brighter future through the power of nuclear energy. Alright, the second new movie we're going to talk about today is a documentary about nuclear power. My stance towards this topic, I would say it's somehow neutral, maybe a little bit linked to anti-nuclear. It's not because that I think nuclear is dangerous or something. It's because, indeed, there are some disasters. If that's unpreventable, maybe we really should develop other green energy. But I'm not an expert to this, so I have no say. But I would say this documentary is still biased. I'm not sure if it's balanced in the movie, but from what I saw in the introduction right now, I think it's really biased. So only if you agree with its opinion or you want to know what the other side thinks about this topic you can go watch it. Basically, the director Oliver Stone of this movie, Nuclear Now, used an unprecedented method in the film industry to dig into the nuclear industry in France, Russia, and the United States, trying to explore how the international society confronts the climate change challenges. The director wants to tell us that through nuclear power, we're able to realize some possibilities in the bright future, and everything is beyond our imagination. Well, I believe that's true, but whether it's dangerous or not, it's something we need explanation. Like what we heard in the introduction, humans started to know about nuclear power in the mid-20th century, and the U.S. put a lot of effort into making nuclear power electricity. And according to the documentary, the PR campaign is spreading this fear of harmless low-level radiation and blurry the boundary between nuclear weapons and nuclear energy. Mm, I'm doubtful because we do know about Chernobyl and Fukushima so I will leave this issue for you to decide. If we have the chance to make the decision once again, do you think human beings should start using nuclear energy? Before we move on to Top 007, talking about other movies that are related to Second Chances, let's review what we had from last week first. Top 3 was The Marvels. We had two top 2s, 
Five Nights at Freddy's and Killers of the Flower Moon, and top one was Taylor Swift The Eros Tour. I would say there are some new faces and some shifts on the chart this week. So let's check out top seven to top four. Top six, Be With Me. Killers of the Flower Moon. Money flows freely here now. I do love that money, sir. <laughs> Top five, Priscilla. Why my daughter? Well, sir, I happen to be very fond of your daughter. Top four, Five Nights Hi, at Freddy's. I was just calling to see if that job that you offered was still available. Yes, the security guard. The only new movie on this part of the chart is Be With Me. So that's the one we're going to talk about today. It's a Taiwanese movie. It's related to a deity called Xuan Wu. Recently, it's the Golden Horse Awards in Taiwan right now, so a lot of Taiwanese movies that were nominated or selected into the film festival were on the chart, and Be With Me is no exception. What I found interesting is something the director said. She said that memories and missing are the creative resources for her to film this movie because this Xuan Wu is her grandfather's religion and not only represents a stable power but also represents her family's missing of her grandfather. Moreover, this Xuan Wu is a deity that her family worships for six generations. So she hopes that through representing her grandfather's life of the 100 year of Taiwanese history and the life values or life attitudes he had experienced before. She hopes that through these elements, she will be able to move the audience and help everyone find their own power. The reason why this movie is related to Second Chance is that the protagonist goes back to her hometown because her father is in dangerous situation, regardless to his health. And that gives the protagonist a second chance to think about her past, her traditions, and everything at her home. So if you're interested in this traditional god in Taiwan, you can go to the theater and watch Be With Me this weekend. And it's time for us to move on to the last part of this show. Top 3 to Top 1. Top 3. The Hunger Games, the ballad of songbirds and snakes. Your role is to turn these children into spectacles, not survivors. Top two, Taylor Swift, the Eros Tour. This has been the most extraordinary experience of my entire life. Top one, The Marvels. This is just the beginning. Wow, congratulations to the Marvels for being top one this week. Although it's not so critically acclaimed, it's definitely not one of the best Marvel movies. I still pretty like it and I'd like to talk about it. But since we have The Hunger Games, The Blood of Songbirds and Snakes, which is a new phase on the chart this week, that's the one we're going to talk about today. Since this episode is a prequel, it's impossible for the crew to cast the same actors and actresses to film the movie. 
It is the new Snow White who takes over the protagonist role from Jennifer Lawrence. Although we say it's taking over, it's actually playing Katniss' old ancestor. The leading actress is only twenty years old, pretty young. It's Rachel Zegler. Her acting skill is really good, and she has a lot of fans. She's a really good actress. Aside from the future Disney Snow White, she also played an important role in Shazam too, The Fury of Gods. If you went to see that movie, you would recognize her. She's so pretty. I like her so much. And she's just twenty years old, and she got to play the superhero movie that everyone wants to be in. Back to the movie itself, as I mentioned, it's a prequel. Although I really know why Hunger Games started, I know they say, "Oh, it's for people to know their position to avoid riots," but I don't buy it. I really want to know who started the game and. The exact reason why, although this prequel is not going to tell us how the system started, it led us to see how President Snow became what he is today. Remember when the Hunger Games series were launched, both the movies and the novels, a lot of similar games like video games or phone games were released. So maybe, maybe President Snow saw that market long time ago. No, I was just kidding. So in this prequel, we will see that President Snow was one of the mentors before, instructing one of the tributes to join the Hunger Games, and this tribute happens to be from District Twelve as well. So interesting. In the movie, we will be able to see. How the original Hunger Games were even more inhumane and more cruel. When I saw that, I was like, "Wait, are you telling me that Hunger Games later were less cruel, less inhumane? So what happened in the beginning? Can't imagine. If you want to find the truth, find the answer. Go watch it. I really want to know if President Snow has a second chance. Would he make the same choice, the same decision once again? And that's all the time for today. Hope you like the show and make the right decision the first time. I'm Viola. See you next week.